again, thank you so much for watching. I uh, I just got back from Miami and I am <laughs> broke uh, and brain dead. If you go to Miami and you don't come back broke or brain dead, you didn't do it right. You probably didn't actually even go to Miami. Uh, but shouts out to Greg and uh, the entire staff at Space in Miami. Always so cool. Uh, first off, today we got Michael Sarah, and he's got a new show uh, with Amy Schumer, which is hilarious. You know when you get um, a comedian doing a sitcom and you're like, God, I hope it's as good as they are like as a comedian. Don't F it up. Well, she didn't, and they didn't, and it is hilarious. You can find it on Hulu, Life and Beth, Michael Sarah here today. Now go ahead and uh, smash that subscribe button, if you will. And if you don't mind following me on my IG, there's special prizes you can win that way as well that I give away on my Instagram, and that's at Canon Radio, spelled Canon with a K. Yo, it's time for Michael Sarah on OHP Uncut. Let's get it. The OHP Uncut Podcast with Cannon. Hey, what's up, brother? How are you, man? Man, I'm so good. This is the highlight of my damn day and my week, my month. I got to say, talking to you, man. How are you? Hey, sweet. Thank you. I, I, I'm good. How you doing? I'm good. I appreciate that. My producer's on. You can't see him, uh, okay. but he said he, uh, you've actually met my producer before. Uh, I think uh, he was taking out the trash in New York and met you like on the street. I think you were lost one time. <laughs> and he pointed you in the right direction. So I automatically knew. He said you were cool on the street, so I knew you'd be cool in an interview. You're an actually cool guy. <laughs> I wonder when that was. I mean, I'm not going to have a memory of it, I think. It'd be an insane thing to remember, but. No, I, yeah. Well, remember asking for directions in New York yeah. one time? Yeah. I don't imagine he asked you uh, to do like an impression of a, of a character you play, but do people stop you on the street a lot and, and ask you like to, to you do, know, do a line from one of your movies or something like that? I don't get that really specifically. I think I've been spared that somehow. Now that you I was going to say, that's a good, it's a good thing because that'd probably be pretty yeah. annoying, embarrassing. You know, people used to just always say to me, "McLovin," and think, yeah, of course, I didn't course. say, but it's like adjacent to it. So that, but that, that was that hasn't been for a while. So no, nobody really says anything specific to me. Do they bother you at dinner? Well, I haven't been to dinner in two years. You know. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. No, nice. people normally, no, people are cool. I live in New York and people, I find that anytime I've had an interaction with, with anybody in New York, it's, it's pretty like normal exchange, you know, so it hasn't been a problem. Good, man. Well, how did this uh, Amy Schumer project come about? Um, I, I saw the trailers where I'm like, yes, it's good. It's really good. Because when you see like, you know, a couple of your favorite actors are going to be in something, you're like, damn, I hope it's good. It's amazing. It's hilarious. It reeks of Amy Schumer. Tell me yeah. how you got involved with it and talk about your character. I don't know if you've ever played a farmer before, but you, you no, do now. Nuh-uh. No, I played a farm boy when I was a little boy. The day after we wrapped shooting, uh, we watched the whole show down, like a very early assembly of it, you know, some of us, and uh, which is an experience I've never had before. What, you mean you binged the show yourself? Yeah. We watched oh, it all in a sitting, you know, I mean, it was a very early cut, but I already felt so good about it. I haven't seen it since then, but I assume it's only gotten better. So I really like it. Um, and I hope you do too. I, I, we had a lot of fun making it. I feel I'm free associating a little. Let me get back to your question. <laughs> Please talk about you want. Well, it came to me out of the blue, you know, it, um, I just got a text one day from Amy who I had met years ago for like five seconds at a function. And, um, she was really sweet to me. She, she read a, a, a New Yorker short story that I ha had had published and was very sweet and complimentary about it. And it was a very nice kind of compliment to get about something you've written, kind of more meaningful than any other compliment. Sure. You know? 
So it was really nice. And then we exchanged numbers, but that was it. And then I think I left the country like that day and went to England and my phone wasn't working. So when I got back, uh, I had texts from a number I didn't recognize and I didn't even know that it was Amy or anything. It was just like, hey, come hang out. We're all going to play karaoke tonight. It was like that same night that we met and Amy was kind of like, let's become friends. And uh, it didn't happen. I didn't even know who was texting me. So I just ignored it. And then, oh my God. <laughs> then a couple of years later, it was like, you know, two years ago now or a year ago, whenever, right before we made this show, she reached out and she was like, why didn't you ever respond to me? And I was like, who's, who's this? <laughs> and she's like, it's Amy. And um, you were like, cause I didn't know who the hell you were. Yeah, I was like, really uh, respond to strangers asking yeah. me to go play games no, i was like I, i've never gotten a text from you because i didn't even have the old text i was like what do you mean i never this is the first text i ever got from you so oh, that's she, showed me, she eventually showed me the old text and i was like oh and figured it out but anyway <laughs> and then she was just like i got this show i'd love to send you the scripts and they had all 10 scripts written and she sent it to me and i just read it all and really loved reading it and um was so excited about liking something it's just very rare to read something that you like and that feels like a good fit, you know, it's for me, it's, it is. And so it was exciting. And um, that was it. It was so easy for me. I mean, I just had to say yes. So I was. So you said you felt like it's a good fit. Why do you think it's a good yeah. fit for you? What what kind of things do you think are a good fit for Mike, sir? I just could get absorbed into it, you know, and into the, I, I felt like um, I was enjoying reading it and watching it. And um, I, I mean, why? I don't know. I mean, I liked the way it was written. I liked the feel of the dialogue. It felt like you know, familiar, recognizably um, lifelike dialogue, but, you know, but interesting. And I just, I really liked the voice of her character and uh, the journey of her character. And I was just really with it, you know, and I don't know, it just reminded me of things that I like. And I kind of, I, I could very clearly see it. I felt like I could see the show. I could see how Amy and I would work together. And I was excited about that as a fan of Amy's. I was just excited that we could play off each other in this way. And um, it was just, it was exciting. Yeah. What was that like on, on set with her? Uh, was there a lot of ad-libbing going on? Uh, I mean, you guys are both hilarious. Uh, I, I, I wonder how that went, like, actually on set. How did it play out? I mean, it was not a, um, a, a stated, you know, working goal that we would right. kind of ad-lib on set and find things that way, the way it is on some projects. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, we, you know, sometimes what happens is kind of like the scene is over and then you're just still walking or something and you start talking and you find things that way there's a lot of moments like that and that often really makes some good moments because um i mean if you're ad-libbing in like the center of the scene and like uh, you know to kind of progress the plot and create the scene there's a different kind of pressure on you know i don't know you try and be funny a lot of the time sure sure it's very forced but if it's like you're just in character still and just naturally running the scene out something kind of very good will sometimes happen. So there was moments like that. And a lot of them are in the show. But other than that, I mean, it was very well scripted and the script and we would focus on doing the script and getting the scene right, uh, which I really like working that way. I mean, I like doing movies where you improvise and you find things, um, but it's a very different kind of energy to spend as an actor than just trying to, uh, you know, I don't know, find the, the best way to do what's, what's already good and on the page, you know? Once you get into character like that, how long does it take you to get out of character? Like after you're done shooting for the day? I don't look, kind of look, find that I live in character all day. Maybe you kind of live in an energy of a character, you know, mm -hmm. so that you mm -hmm. don't have to kind of shift gears all day or something, which would be exhausting. Um, 
but I mean, I, I always feel like, you know, I mean, we're always just joking around and laughing on set just as ourselves. So which yeah. I think you need to just get through any workday of any job, you know, you need to be able to find some kind of outlet for your, you know, your personality. Talk about like your role and, and what the show is just about in general. Um, Cause just saying you play a farmer doesn't really <laughs> describe <laughs> the, the whole thing. You're uh, her love interest really. Yeah. The show is about Amy's character, Beth, um, like realizing she's really not happy with, you know, and just with where she is in her working life and in her relationship, which is very interconnected with her working life and her kind of previous ambitions, which she realized got her somewhere that isn't anywhere that fulfilling for her in any, on any level. So that's where the show starts is, and, you know, she's kind of, I think, able to like see down the road where it all leads and just has a bit of a crisis and, um, and just wants to burn it all down, you know? And so that's a kind of like <laughs> relatable place to start. Yeah, then, especially for anyone who's around 40 years old and you start yeah. to have that, I mean, I guess midlife crisis. I'm, I'm, I think I'm in it right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of relatability. <laughs> you have a few years. <laughs> and you seem to be doing, you know, you seem to be doing, living a life that you've completely built for yourself. Oh, good. No, yeah, you hate it. You hate the cage that you built for yourself. I, uh, you know what, after a while, you're just like, I wonder what else is out there. What am I missing yeah. out on? I've been doing the same job since I was 16 and I love doing this. Um, yeah. but if you were going to do another job other than acting, what would it be? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I, there's a lot of things I really like. And, um, I, I think I would be a great, uh, investigator. Like a forensic <laughs> investigator? Like a detective, like trying to okay. find a lost thing. I mean, I really like that. I think that's why I feel, you know. I would, I would enjoy it. And I have actually a story. I, I lost a bass guitar once uh, at an airport. It's kind of a, it's kind of an embarrassing story. Cause I, I would, I, I was on tour playing music with a friend of mine and I was traveling myself with my bass guitar and also a giant synthesizer, which was, and I was traveling alone cause they were all coming from Montreal. I was coming from New York. So I had this big unwieldy like synthesizer case. And on the way home um, I was flying alone and I was up like, for a weird amount of time because of the, just the turnover of when my flight was and I was on like, you know, different time zone. And somehow I just, in the course of traveling, like uh, left my bass guitar in the shuttle from the airport to the airport parking where my car was. Like when I was getting out, I just didn't have it. And I didn't realize this until about a month later. And I'm not normally this flighty, like with something that I really loved this bass. I'm not like, whatever, you know, just, I'm not that guy. And so it's embarrassing to, to say that I just, left it and it was a very treasured item for me. And then I didn't even realize it was lost because it normally would be living in my closet. One day I went to get it, I was like, where is it? I thought my apartment had been broken into. I couldn't and you had to like retrace your steps. Like when's yeah, the last I time I had it? it out. Yeah. And then, so this is becoming long-winded, but I had to get in touch with the um, detective at Newark airport because they have their own jurisdiction. That was my guy who was assigned to the case. He was a great guy. And we started working closely together on tracking this thing down. The case. It's a case. Wow. Yeah, well, this was grand, grand larceny. Because very, very, very official. All right. If it's worth more than $1,000, you know, an item that is stolen, it's grand larceny. So I was definitely, I had a, I had a, you know, I was on his radar. And we were trying to find the bass guitar together and what happened to it. And he kind of hit a dead end. And I kept going because I'm obviously more, you know, motivated to uh, find the thing. And I tracked down the base and it was not easy i tracked it down how kind of a long story well i was just i well there's a lot of facets it would take too long to tell we've gotten well, this far you gotta at least tell how you found the case okay well 
I have the, you know, the base has a serial number. So I have the serial number just on the receipt from purchasing it. I, I, you could report it stolen. I asked a friend of mine who works at a guitar store in uh, New York called Retrofret, this guy named Peter Coleman, you know, what do I do in this situation? And, you know, just to get some fight. What do you do when a basement, you know, how can I keep my eye out for it? He's like, what's the serial number? And I gave it to him. And he's like, I used to own that base, that exact base with that exact serial number. He owned that physical item. in the Shut eight. the F up, yeah. man. And there was a dent in the base. He's like, that dent was for me. One night I, you know, took the base like, to leave and the case wasn't latched and it went into a coffee table. And so this, I was like, okay, I'm going to find this thing because this is too insane. Of course. So once I had the serial number, I, did, I was digging and digging. I was looking on Twitter. For, I found a picture of it on Twitter in the airport parking lot that somebody had taken. That's how I knew. It was actually the driver of the shuttle who took the base and sold it. He sold wow. it to a guy in New Jersey. And the reason I found all this actually was there's a website. It's called Terra Peak. And it allows you to look at old eBay pages because if things are listed on eBay and then sold, you can't always find the listing after a certain time it's gone, but there's this website that logs, archives, all old eBay pages. So I found the page, I found who listed it, and that was the person who sold it. And I found where it was sold to, and then we were able to track the guy down. But the guy who sold it actually was not criminally responsible. I'm not talking about the a Amy show at all. No, we're going to get back to that. <laughs> you got to get it back. Okay, but anyway, the base was sold to a guy in Florida. Um who Peter also knew. It was this guy named Dr. J or something. And he buys a lot of guitars. And he sold it at a guitar convention for cash. So we lost the trail because it was sold for cash. And there was no criminal charges to be brought really because the guy who actually, you know, the shuttle driver, he moved to Florida. He got fired from his job because he was breaking into the cars at the airport parking lot. Man, you know everything. You would be a yeah. good investigator. I brought all this to the detective. And he was like, how did you get all this? You know? <laughs> Yeah, that's a long answer to a very innocuous question that was not supposed to be a 15-minute detour. Hey, man, we want to talk about you. We want to get to know you, and that's, uh, and that's part of the journey. I can talk about me all day, man. That is part of the journey. Well, we're looking forward to seeing this on the 18th uh, on Hulu. And your character is amazing. Amy Schumer is amazing. And anyone that's a fan of you or her is not going to be let down. This is going to be I'm glad. Uh, great. So we can't wait to see it. Thank you for your it. time, man. We're done? Oh, my God. I wasted all our time. We're not, we're not done yet because oh. we're going to do oh. a, a random five questions that we do um, for TikTok. Uh, and these are your five. Are you ready, Michael? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm good. All right. If you were only able to keep one pair of shoes for the rest of your life, which ones would they be? I think um, Rod Lovers. Okay. Uh, what's your go-to drink? Coffee. Coffee. Did you mean alcoholic beverage or you just meant drink? Well, you know what? I should have specified I did mean alcohol, but if coffee is the answer, coffee's the answer. What about alcohol? Uh, you know what I sometimes will get, uh, if I want to treat myself, I'll get a Mezcal Negroni. Oh, nice. Delicious. See, that's nice. Nice smoky Mezcal. I love yes. that. It's a little sweet, though. You can't you can't drink those all the time. If you could spend one night with a fictional character of your choice, any any fictional character, who would it be and why? Okay, I would hang out with um, Arturo Bandini, which is this uh, character from uh, John Fonte's books i would love okay. to hang out with john fonte really but i think this character is basically uh you know an, a an alias for him and this is one of my favorite guys who ever lived john fonte so i'd love to hang out with him that's a good answer who's your best friend in the world I'd say my wife i should have said other than your wife other than my wife i i would probably say alia shawcat who played uh, my cousin on arrested development we're kind of like oh wow a lot of people are gonna love that answer I love her so much. Yeah, we're very close. And I feel like our souls are kind of connected forever. That's a good answer. <laughs> okay. Okay, one more question. What's your go-to uh, favorite fast food item? 
a burrito. A burrito from like Taco Bell? Yeah, or tacos por favor, which I just oh, had the other night. It's delicious. Where's tacos por favor? Obviously in New York. I, I think they're around LA. No, it's not New York. No, I have a hard time to find a good burrito in New York. When I'm in New York, I'll go for Tecombi or Maya. Maya Taqueria, you can get a pretty good burrito. Oh, these are like legitimate tacos and burritos. Yeah, I'm not trying to mess around when it comes to a burrito. <laughs> We're all eating a bad burrito, you know, where it's too much flour or too much tortilla. Yeah. Like all folded in on itself. Like you bite in and there's tortilla within. Yo, that'll ruin your day. You don't want that. Oh, gross. Yeah, yes. No, that needs to be filled with something. What do you yes. What do you fill it with? What do you like to fill yours with? The usual, you know, beans, rice, chicken, lettuce, salsa. Yeah. Good. <laughs> All those delicious <laughs> things that you hope to find in a burrito. All right. Well, Farmer John, thank you for your time. <laughs> nice it's talking to you. Really, really fun. I really, really, really enjoyed talking to you. Um, you too. And we look forward to seeing this on the 18th on Hulu. Thank you, man. Hope you like it. Thanks, man. The OHP Uncut Podcast with Canon.